three weeks, three painful losses, two of which came against the best team in the competition, the best teams in the competition, and one against a team that has seriously underperformed. But is it a loss that could have been avoided? This week against Port Adelaide was frustrating to say the least. I think from the top down, and certainly from my point of view, starting with election and with the way the game panned out. But another chance to redeem ourselves against an upstart team this year, the West Coast Eagles. And here to discuss all the topics of the week and all things Collingwood with me, I have the lovely Magpie Girl. Hi, Mighty T. How are you this evening? I'm excellent, thank you. Fresh off your birthday celebrations? Not yes, I know. Look, they continue today, so I've been very lucky. I've gone from Tuesday night to today. It's nothing like having a birthday over three days. <laughs> over three days. Well, what a way to celebrate your 30th birthday. That's excellent. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and also joining us from a little ways away from home, we have Laurie Holden, who doesn't usually say a lot, but I think tonight he's decided to grace us with his presence on the mic. How are you, Laurie? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Another, another day in paradise. Of course, uh, Gone Critical is living the dream, still over in uh, in Africa, I believe, um, thoroughly enjoying himself. We're looking forward to, to getting him back and, and uh, saying a cheerio to him in the next week or two. But let's get on to some footy matters now. Um, obviously, Magpie Girl, a, a heartbreaking loss for us. Um, sort of difficult to swallow, given how well we had played the previous two weeks and then how we started the game. How did you see the game against Port and how it unfolded? Uh, well, it was difficult watching that first quarter, wasn't it? They just um, got a jump on us and we looked very lost and um, unable to find any answers. Um, it was great that they clawed their way back. Um, and I think... That's probably the the thing that I take out of the win, you know, that, and and probably all three of them actually. That at no stage have they um, just laid down and and you know been run over each in each game. They've um, either fought back or kept um, abreast of the other team and the pressure that's being applied, and really fought it out to the very end. Um, so I take a lot of heart from that. It is disappointing. I loved Swanee's line that um, I'd like a dishonourable win, uh, a dishonourable win for a change, yeah. <laughs> instead of an honourable loss. That about sums it up, I think. But um, yeah. yeah, disappointing. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Did did we really? I suppose we expected to win last week um, in view of Port's form, but. You know, when teams are playing um, for emotions, the way Port were, um, you know, it does tend to bring something out in the side, I think. And, you've, and look, you've, you've, touched, you've touched on a couple of things there that, that I will expand on um, in a bit of a negative light in terms of the way Collingwood prepared for the game. But on the positives, you know, I think I, think I really do agree with you there. In no, in no point this year... Even in the big loss, you know, the, the, well, the relatively big loss to Adelaide um, and against Geelong, and now against Port, coming back from that deficit, we've not, we've we've shown heart, we've shown character, we've shown a will to compete, and fight, um, and and try and get ourselves back into the contest. I think against Geelong, we got within four goals or three goals at one point. Um, 
So look, we, you know, that, that's certainly something to take out of it. You know, our year is currently being built on, I think, the strength of character in the list, and a, a very strong, never say die attitude, high effort, and that was certainly on display for the, the next, you know, three quarters. I mean, you know, I think they kicked six in the first quarter. I think they kicked twelve for the game. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, you know, that 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 certainly is a, a positive for me. And you're right, and you know. Port were obviously playing with uh, a bit of a bit of emotional baggage. They had, you know, a bit more impetus to win than, than generally, you know, accessible. Sometimes it's hard to motivate people in a certain way. This would have been, you know, very readily fresh in their minds, um, and, and us Collingwood supporters would know what that's like, and our players know what that's like after John McCarthy passed a couple of years back, and we came out and tore it up on a final and let that carry us to victory, I think, in, in a lot of respects. Yeah, um, you only had to look at the coach after the game. I mean, he was in tears yeah. in that immediate post, um, post-match post interview. It, it, I, I think, to Port's credit, they held it all together and played a fantastic game and, you know, and they did do it for Phil Walsh. So, um, you know, kudos to them. Um, we, we didn't have quite the same connect or our boys didn't have quite the same connection so um, even though there was a club connection you know that emotion does um, does count for a lot but um, yeah you know I still take heart from the fact that the team uh, fought it out and it was close I mean it was three points um, so every week it's a little closer <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think too we, we we so quickly lose sight of what our initial expectations were for the year, you know, because each week the the expectation builds and, and we tend to get a little bit ahead of ourselves, I think. Um, and, and so these close losses are even more frustrating and painful. Yeah. And look, you know, I, th- I, think, I think given where we came from last season, every supporter would have looked at these three weeks in a row um, scratched them off the fixture and said, right, put a line through these. We can't win these three games. Uh, three of the top four sides of last year. This is sort of out of our reach. And to get within reach of all three, um, that I think definitely speaks to the improvement that we've, that we've made. Um, and, and, that's, and that's obviously a positive. It's something to hang our hat on. But as Swanee would say, you know, these honourable losses, you'd rather have a dishonourable win yeah. than an loss and and unfortunately you know especially for a young team reward for effort is so crucial um i want to go back to to what you said before obviously the relative ladder position um of the two teams isn't really indicative of both of our skills port is still a very good side um and we do forget maybe that 12 months ago they were uh knocking on a top two spot and pushed forth on a preliminary final within a goal so they are a good football side that hasn't done very well this year but i want to take a bit of a harder slightly more journalistic edge just to my next you know, couple of questions. And maybe, Laurie, you can help me out with this. But my feeling is, from the outside looking in, you could have expected Port to come in emotionally charged for this match. And you could have expected them to come out of their gates because, you know, they're a fast-starting side. We all saw what they did to Richmond in the first final last year. Belted them, pillar to post. Hawthorne, the first time they, they played them this year. Absolutely came out roaring. So when you add in that emotional content, Right, this should have been expected, I think, by the coaching staff, and I don't think enough was done, at least early on, to counteract that. What are your thoughts? Um, 
Yeah, well, I think, uh, I mean, largely to do when you're talking about Port Adelaide game, I, I, I feel like probably the younger side of Collingwood may have just got a little bit ahead of themselves. The first quarter, I just felt like, uh, you know, when we've come so close to two top sides in Fremantle and Hawthorne, that they maybe just thought, oh, it's going to happen. We're just going to go through the motions and we're going to win this game. Yeah. And it really caught them off guard. And, um, I mean, it was credit to credit to the Pies, I think, in the in in all games because they've been able to get it back on their terms for majority of the game, and I think that's the you know these honourable losses and and that everything we talk about. I think at the end of the day, the thing that I've been pleased with is we've been for large portions of the game we've been able to get the game on our terms, and I think moving forward that's where the improvements really going to come from. But yeah, I think the Port Adelaide game just showed that we were probably just a little bit too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, and look, that's and, and I, I think you can certainly see elements of that. Um, I guess the way we approached it, but I think there should be a bit of a now this not a warning sign for the coaches, so to speak. But you know, we we, we do generally st- we have started the games this year quite slowly. Um, we did let Geelong kick out to a good lead. Um, Adelaide did the same to us. Now Port have. We really can't give up those sorts of starts. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've still got to win four more games to make finals, maybe even a fifth, depending on how things go around us. So that should still be the priority. Um, and it's certainly something that, as you say, a young side um, that's developing nicely still probably needs to work on. Last thing, Magpie Girl, um, there, was a, there was a late change in the Port game that was a little bit controversial. Um, Marley Williams coming out, Grundy going in, what were, your, what were your thoughts on that when it happened? And do you think it had an effect on the game? Well, I think we really missed Marley, although um, they said that, that mm-hmm. for that. But um, <clears throat> I did notice when mm-hmm. uh, when Jordan Degoe had to come on uh, for a little while with Froster being injured, um, I thought he made a difference in those first few minutes or in, what, the 20 minutes or so that he was out there. Um, he just... Uh, added a bit of run and um, and made a bit of an impact in the time that he was allowed to be on the field. Um, that's and, as, and as you were saying, when, when Dugowie came on, that's, you know, we, we, sort of, we started gaining a bit of ascendancy. We had a bit more run. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, look, there was a lot of criticism for um, playing. We certainly missed Broomhead going off. You know, that was another um, another runner that... that um, that we couldn't use. So, yeah, I think we we missed out there in the conditions that ended up prevailing for the game. I mean, it was a absolutely ghastly night and um, um, I, I don't know, you know, I, there's so much criticism over being too many talls and, but, you know, I mean, our talls are pretty mobile and um, certainly Grundy's. Um, I don't know. What did you think? Um, look, uh, I think that obviously with the situation the way it was. Um, just before you answer, can I can I just ask? Did how many tours did Port Adelaide have? I mean, were we playing tall on tour or? The, the, thing, the thing with Port Adelaide this year has been that they've got um, Ryder uh, Lobby. And Westhoff is their three main tours, but two of those guys are incredibly athletic. Their backline is fairly small from a from a key position point of view. 
Um, I believe the two key defenders were 195 and 193 centimetres, um, respectively, which is you know, Frost and Goldsack size. Um, I think we missed Goldsack too, nearly, last week. Because as a general down back, I think his his presence has been missed because he's a he's a he's a very steady presence and force with his uh, with his experience. Look, my my thought simply was that you know it just it just seemed like a bit of an oversight that you know we, we knew that perhaps um, Marley wouldn't be in the team. We didn't bring someone like um, a Marsh or a Sinclair across with us to fill that void um, in the event that he went out. And, and and look, bringing in a ruckman in those wet conditions, I'm sure that I'm sure that down the track the plan was to substitute one of the big men off. Whether it would have been Moore or Wits or Grundy, at some point there would have been a substitute, tall for a small. But the the peril of the sub rule is that if you get an injury, it has to happen. And unfortunately, we were left, as you said, you know, with Broomhead coming off, which was so unfortunate. Um, we went a runner down, and we had an extra tall playing around the ground. I mean, I would have preferred that Grunt, that sorry, that Moore didn't have to revert to playing as a tall defender um, in his second game of AFL in such a crucial game. You know, it, it, it for, for me it just seemed like there were other decisions that could have been made in terms of the selection. Now, you know, in saying that, with the exception of a bad first quarter, we were probably the better team for the rest of the night, and by and large, that would probably indicate that. You know, the selection wasn't a bad one. But given the way it all panned out with Broomhead's injury, had there been an extra small as opposed to a tall, we might have had the extra run um, to create that opportunity and, and score a late goal or, or to get some more ascendancy. Yeah, look, they're all the ifs and buts, and you, you, you've just got to go with what they've... Look, they don't, they don't choose the team lightly. Um, you know, so... It's just the way the cards fell on the night, really. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, you don't expect any... Well, you, you every game you just... I suppose you allow for an injury, but at the same time you don't really expect it to happen. And, um, and it just happened to be broomhead, you know, rather than, than a tall player. So um, it, it's just the way it falls on the night, really. That's why. Right. And look... It's, 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 it's all done and gone now. There's nothing we can do to change it. But we get an opportunity this week to make amends. And I think the big thing is, yeah, you know, the, you know, it, it was it was obviously unfortunate what happened to, to Broomhead. He's going to miss this week. Um, I think he's out for um, four or five, isn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, almost, it, almost could be, it almost could be the season for him in the seniors purely because you've got to get back and match fitness and probably a couple of games in the VFL. So it becomes a difficult task unless we make finals. Um, and even then, it's going to be a tough team to break into because, as we spoke about last week, there's a fair bit of depth. But we get a chance this week. Obviously, Taylor Adams has gone out. What did you think of the incident? It was covered very heavily by Channel 7. Um, oh, yeah, it was It was terrible the way it kept showing it and showing it and showing it. Look, obviously, something had led up to it, and, of course, we don't see that. Um, I do, watching it, I felt that the last knee was... You know the one that that um, was one too many, um, and uh, it was a bit undisciplined on his behalf. But again, you know, we don't we don't see the lead up. We don't we don't see we don't know what the niggle's been all night. But at the same time, he's got to learn to show a bit of control. So, 
and that's and that's that this will be a learning experience for him. I think that that's part of um, growing into the leader that I think you know, he he'll he'll become. I think he's got good leadership credentials as a player, but you know it, it's it was a brain fade, it was a mistake, it was heat of the moment. I think he even said as much himself. It's all it was you know in the moment of the game and he got caught up in it. Um, and unfortunately, you know we're going to miss his presence. For, we are for going to miss him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we do get uh, a suitable replacement. Uh, Levi Greenwood playing his first game for the club. Let's, we'll quickly run through the ins and outs for this week. Um, so Adams, Broomhead, Darcy Moore. Not Broomhead, Ben Kennedy. Oh, you're oh, talking about the outs, I beg your pardon. No, no, the outs, the outs. Sorry. Yes, sorry, that's right. So Moore, Broomhead, um, Adams, and I believe Jamie Elliott going out with a, with a slight injury. So might be a little bit undermanned in terms of... Uh, our top end talent, um, but who do we? But we've got we've got Greenwood coming in. We've got Ben Martin Kennedy. Ben Kennedy. Everybody will be happy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know the Jungle Drums have been beating for him. I'm probably yeah. one of his supporters. Um, if if no one's noticed, have a look around the, the, the forum. Um, but and, uh, and and Paul Seisman gets a call up. So look, we're going to lose a couple of really important players. Adams and Elliot have been cornerstones to our success this year. Adams certainly through the middle. Um, and whilst Elliot's been off for a couple of weeks, you now see that there might have been a little injury concern and certainly goes a bit of a way to explaining um, a little bit of his dip in form. But Williams comes back in, and I think he's he's the really crucial one against a really dangerous uh, West Coast team. Yes, he was, he was well missed last week, and it's great to have him back. Hmm. What are your thoughts about this weekend's game, Laurie? I mean, I know there's been some there's been some talk around the boards that this is the the make or break game for us. Um, I know it's we still got a, you know uh, uh, over a half a dozen rounds to go, and I don't think it's all that. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly an important game, but losing it certainly isn't, in my opinion, the death knell. But how important would it be, maybe from a player's perspective, from a club perspective, to you know, maybe get a win this weekend? Yeah, well, I think. Um realistically every game's important with the evenness evenness of the um, competition at the moment it really is shaping like every week's just a, um, you know if you look, if you drop one game you can really put yourself back um, I guess West Coast I'm, I'm a bit unsure about of from what I've seen they've been really good but uh, them like like us have they've kind of you know I don't want to say it but they kind of played no one and I just yep. wonder when the stakes are up and when they've really got, you know, when they're, when they're at their highest and when people are expecting them to do what, you know, what a lot of people are talking about in the, in the, in the, in the public is they're going to, they're going to beat us and they're going to continue their aspirations for their top two's position or in the top four position. But I, I just wonder whether they're going to crumble under that or whether they're going to really thrive because history would suggest that they've probably, um, they're probably going to struggle in that area. But, you know, with guys like Shuey and Gaff coming through, they're probably at the right age now where they're really starting to peak. But uh, I just, I always felt like West Coast's biggest issue was their lack of depth in their midfield, but they seem quite strong in that area. Um, and with Adams going out, yeah, that's my main concern really is that we're going to get killed in the centre clearances and that's going to hurt us. I've, I've, I've watched the, the Weagles for a couple of years now and I've, I've really liked the way their list... Um, has come together particularly from a, from a personnel standpoint. As you said, they've really developed um, a depth in their midfield. Their key position players have always been a strength. Um, but there is an element of AFL bully boy about them. 
they seem to get on top of some really ordinary teams and just beat the living Jesus out of them. And they really have faltered, I guess, against probably the better teams. But, you know, wins kind of um, kind of overshadow that, that sort of form. It's tough because this isn't this isn't a bad football team, the Eagles, and, and, and form and momentum um, are so are so critical in football today and confidence. We we saw what confidence did for Port Adelaide last year, carrying them to a prelim. Um, and West Coast will, will 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 run down to Melbourne this week. You know, and they should feel confident about their ability to 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 beat a team like Collingwood. I think for us, it's about stamping our authority early on the hardball, um, and making them yeah, making them feel uncomfortable here. Um, at Eddie had because otherwise, if you know, if the one, the one, the common theme I've seen with the Eagles is when they when they get what they want, when they get their ball on the outside and they spread, and they get some good deliveries inside fifty, they have their way with teams, and we've been pretty good at restricting teams this season. Um, we've really got to put the clamp down. I wonder if three big, heavy weeks, three tough games might have worn our young team out a little bit, and that's probably my main concern going into this week. That's going to happen as the season goes on, you know, because we are a young team. Um, and the Eagles, are they full strength at the moment? Uh, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they're obviously coming into this game overwhelming favourites. Um, do they, how do they normally go at Etihad? I mean, I hate us playing there. Have <laughs> we won a game there yet? <laughs> um. Uh, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't quite like us playing there. I don't quite like the idea of us playing a home game there. But look, I, I, I think that they're they're pretty comfortable playing here. Um, Maybe the cold will undo them. You know, well, coming from yeah. 20 degrees in Perth to four degrees here, that, that might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cold might unnerve them a little bit. <laughs> well, look, I, look, I, I think, I, look, I, I think that look, and they should. They, they deserve to come into this game raging hot favourites. Um, but I don't think we deserve to be discounted. Um, it is going to be a tough game. Whether or not it defines our season remains to be seen. You know, I think the game next week against the Dogs is really the the, the season definer, depending on how we go this week. Um, two teams that are in a very similar position with their list rebuilding. I don't expect us to win this week, given um, West Coast form up till now. But I'll be happy if I... If I see them, um, you know, play the match out, um, I know it'll be another honourable loss, but um, or it might be. But um, you know, there is something in that, um, and um, and it's a stepping stone to to um, you know to actually winning those games. Um, as much as I hate seeing us lose, but um, but yeah, you know, at the very least. You want to see 100% effort for 100% of the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about you, Laurie? What are you expecting out of this week? Yeah, look, I, I was much more confident with the um, Port Adelaide game. I wasn't going into it confident, but I, I certainly picked the Pies over there and thought they would win. Um, I'm tipping West Coast close in a close one. However, I always tip Collingwood, Laurie. <laughs> no, I don't. That's why I'm second on the ladder, remember? <laughs> That's J- why I'm. J Max got me, though. I think um, I'm page three. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I think it'll be close either way. I don't think uh, or I think early if we really focus on our um, KPIs, our contested ball footy, 
I think we will be able to take them to the line. Uh, I, do, I do worry that um, they're going to have too much firepower in the middle, but at the same time, I think the Eagles are vulnerable and I think we can actually beat them over here. Um, the only the thing the sobering thing I think I posted it on one of the I don't know which thread it was but the sobering thing for me thinking about the game was the only team they've beaten of any note in the top or in the top eight is Richmond and that was over here but it was some time ago and I don't think Richmond were going that well at the time and yep. I, you know if you think about it in no, those terms we've beaten no one in the top eight either you know outside of GWS but. Um, if you put that in perspective, the Eagles really have... They haven't played Hawthorne or Sydney. They got flogged by Fremantle in their in their derby. So I, I, I think it's it will be a lot closer than some people may think, but I'm still tipping West Coast in a close one. Well, I'm looking forward to it, guys. It should be a, it should be a good chance for, for us to come out and, you know, certainly show continue to show the AFL world that um, the... Uh, uh, not the afterthought that everyone else thought we were. Um, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I'd just like to mention a couple of things on the board. Um, I reminded to listen to the Taylor Adams interview, if you haven't done so already, because it was That's fantastic. Um, I'm sure most people know by now that our very dearly beloved poster, uh, Reykjavik, has passed away recently. Um, and there's a beautiful thread side by side with him, and I encourage everybody to read his message in post 108. Um, and in honour of him, the um, the employment and career guidance thread has been bumped, and that's just an opportunity for people to sort of mention what they do um, and how they can help others which is something that um, Ray was very good at doing. So um, those couple of threads will be sticky to the top of the board soon, but um, they're just there for people to look at and read and contribute to. Absolutely. Now, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, his family and, and all those on the on the boards that knew Ray Tech well. And... Absolutely. It's very, very sad to hear of his passing. Absolutely, it's always a, it's always a, it's always a shame to lose someone um, who, uh, yeah, who I, I think did have a, a quite a profound impact on on people yeah. and on the forum and the board, and um, yeah, it's uh, he'll be he'll be sorely missed, sorely missed. Well, uh, on that note, um, I think it's time for us to end this evening. Um, thank you, Magpie Girl, for coming on and uh, and all your your kind words and your contributions tonight. I thoroughly appreciate it. Thanks, Mighty T. Uh, just one other thing, the VFL, we didn't mention last week, but um, unfortunately they had a, a loss in horrible conditions, but they are playing this week down at Frankston Park for everybody who lives down that area or wants to make the drive. So um, um, that's there for people to, to go see. Yeah, definitely get down. Uh, it's on Sunday, this, this week, Sunday at 2 o'clock. Sunday at 2 o'clock, get out if you can. Uh, wouldn't mind hearing a, a good VFL report and hopefully reporting back um, a strong win after a uh, quite an unfortunate loss. Yeah, and thanks to Maggie Bat for um, putting those threads up every week and keeping everybody updated on the on the VFL. He does a great job. Absolutely. He and, uh, he and Shoe Pie are really, uh, 
really brilliant contributors to, to VFL um, and, uh, and and really cover it quite comprehensively. So um, it's good to have some informed people who are down there and, you know, obviously um, ardent watchers and yeah, willing to share their thoughts uh, in the game day thread. So um, yeah. keep up the good work, guys. I also want to... Sorry about that. I also want to thank uh, Laurie, who uh, reluctantly came on and has uh, contributed tonight. Thanks, mate. It's, uh, it's great to have you on and, and uh, having a bit of a chat, and hopefully we get to hear a bit more from you in the future. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I hope I hope the uh, the red wine rambling wasn't too bad, but uh, I did go out for uh, some evening uh, evening drinks with the uh, colleagues, so apologies for that. But um, I've enjoyed it, and thank you. Good. Thanks a lot, Laurie. And no need to apologise. We didn't didn't suspect a thing. Nothing like a couple of beverages before a, a nice podcast. But uh, until next week, um, this is the Mighty T signing out. Okay, my round sixteen rant is going to be about the match review panel, and it's just how weird it is it's a chuck raffer really when you get someone like um gibbs he gets two weeks for a sling tackle the next week schultz gets it and he gets off scot-free so i dare say it helps that he'd be played you know playing conwood the next week helps a lot and then this week we have adams who did a stupid knee drop and got probably the, the worst punch you get was two weeks and you have joel selwood who's trying to break um, Sam Wright's shoulder or at least hyperextend it, gets one week. Gosh, obviously, then you have um, Buddy and Tipper getting one week for basically friendly just running through a bloke. Then you have Tippett hooking, oh, at least a straight elbow, but it looks like a punch to a Richmond player's face, and they both get a week. That's pathetic. Then you have Mitchell who goes around giving everyone corkies. Every he always goes for the good place and gives them the corky. And it's well, first of all, it's first of all, it was just unsociable football. BS. He was doing it on purpose. That's pretty pathetic. And um, then you have Fife who collects, I think it was Duray with an elbow to the head, and he gets a fine. Well, it helps. That he's a Brownlow favourite, and a lot, a lot of people would have money on Fife to win the Brownlow. They don't want people to piss money away. And Mitchell, or well, finally got a fine, but still, what he's doing deserves more than a week. He's a little dirty sniper, do on purpose. All right, that's my rant. So, hopefully you like it, and I'll do it. See you next week. <laughs>